Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Evermore Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Bailey, and welcome to episode three. I am very excited to be back. I delayed this episode because I recorded it probably four or five times now, and we're praying that this is <laughs> this is the final uh, attempt. So this is going to be the first of about four or five episodes. I'm not 100% sure yet because I haven't completely finished it. I've planned it out where it could kind of go either way. Um, I'm trying to keep my episodes between about 20 and 30 minutes just so that they're a little bit more like consumable. They're easier to consume in terms of I'm not asking for like an hour of your time, um, but still long enough to have a pretty decent amount of information in them. So right now we're kind of looking at like a 35 minute episode for the last one and I that's just too long for me. It's like just over, so I might have to split that up. Um, but just to kind of give you a heads up that this will be broken down into a couple of parts. Now, the ugly side of fashion, like what am I going to be talking about exactly? Well, I have decided that because I am a thrifting account on Instagram, if you are joining me now for the first time and you're like, oh, I wonder what this is. Hi, my name is Kelly. I am an avid thrifter, now I'm a podcaster, um, and I operate a thrifting account online on Instagram, at Evermore by Kelly, little self-plug moment here, uh, at E-V-E-R-M-O-R-E-B-Y-K-E-L-L-Y. So very similar to the title of this podcast. But um, I have been doing it for almost a year now. We're coming up on a year in about like less than a month, which is pretty exciting. Definitely late to the podcast game, but we finally made it. Um, And I have basically kind of grown a small following on there. And I have always had so much that I wanted to talk about outside of just like, oh, here's something that I'm selling. And I thought, hey, podcasting. Who knows? Let's give it a shot. I will say it is definitely harder than I thought it was going to be. Like I said, we're on like attempt 13 of recording this episode. Um, So I give credit to the people who have been doing it because I'm currently sitting on the floor in my apartment recording this and it, it took a lot of research. It took a lot, a lot of time to put this together and I'm still not done. I'm still not done with this little mini series. So it'll be going on for about a month because I try to release every Tuesday, um, except for last Tuesday, because I was so frustrated with this episode, because I'm trying very desperately to do quality over quantity. Um, So I appreciate everybody for being patient with me and my little tiny microphone here. So, okay, first episode, what is this going to be about? Well, I'm sorry to say this, this is probably going to be the boring episode. I am going to be kind of laying out my sources and where I found information and where you as the listener, if uh, you feel so inclined to do some little research of your own. Now I want to point out the fact that I have about four sources that I'm going to be going over, two of which, these first two that I'm going to explain are kind of my background sources. I definitely pulled a couple a little tidbits of information from them, uh, but there were a little some issues, I guess, with me putting all of my time into pulling all the information from them. This first one 
is very specific to the information that it provides, which is awesome. Like I said, I was able to pull some big like statistics from them and I was able to actually take both of these resources and they kind of guided me towards my, my main sources that I ended up using. Um, and then the second one is very, very like the range of information that it has is not just fashion. It's like every aspect of life. So like I said, it does have a small fashion section, but I just kind of wanted to focus on um, fashion specifically in an in information source. So that one was just a little bit too broad for me and it didn't have enough specific information. So they both were kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum, but they still gave me some great information and by themselves are great resources in general. So this first one that I looked through was fashionchecker.org. Fashionchecker.org focuses on workers' wages specifically. Now, when I want to talk about the ugly side of fashion, obviously the workers and people are a huge part of it, if not the biggest. Um, but I also want to tackle like the environment and animals and things like that. So this one was just a little bit too specific to be considered my like main source of information. Um, but overall, it's a great little website. It doesn't have an overwhelming amount of information. It's kind of like just a little snippet. And it has, it does have a very wide range of companies that it tackles. It has 319 rated companies on a five point scale. Um, on the website, it also says that 90 plus were sent a questionnaire to be given the opportunity to showcase the efforts they were or are making to make living wages more of a reality for workers. Now this I thought was very interesting because not only were they giving companies almost this kind of opportunity to make themselves look better. Um, but as someone that's trying to focus on the fact that people aren't paid enough by companies, this made me a little bit nervous um, and was also part of the reason that I didn't use it as my main source of information um, as their rating scale might be a little bit biased. That being said, they aren't asking the company how well they're doing, but more or less what they plan on doing. So cutting them a little bit of slack, it's still a great resource to use. Um, they have good stats on there and they have um, a whole bunch of other information that doesn't come from companies themselves. So the, they also do a very good job of being eye-catching. So there's two big statistics, like I said, I did pull a little bit of information directly from them uh, that caught my eye. 93% of workers are not paid a living wage. So that is a percentage much higher than I could have ever imagined. I was thinking, I knew it was high. I did not know it was almost all. Um, and of that, 80% of workers are women, which I probably wouldn't have hit the nail on the head with that number. Um, but it's definitely more women than men. Unfortunately, they're still not paid equally as their male counterparts. So overall, they've definitely got the, let me hook you with some big stats on their main page. It's a good website for that. Um, but they basically focus on the difference between minimum wage and living wage. Obviously, minimum wage is different everywhere you go. So it kind of is implying this is the minimum wage in most areas where people work for big like fast fashion companies. Um, 
They focus on the differences uh, between minimum wage and living wage in the areas of food, housing, healthcare, education, clothing, transportation, and housing. So feel free to check that out. They have little infographics there, which are great. Um, and they basically just highlight the fact that the areas that they mention, like food, housing, healthcare, are on a living wage versus minimum wage. Like they're not the same thing. There's a huge difference between what is accessible in terms of food, housing, and healthcare, et cetera, when you're working on a living wage versus certain areas of minimum wages. So like I said, great resource to check out. It's just a little bit too specific for me. Um, and they also have other information. So their main page is split down the middle between about and learn more. So they have uh, tabs for about fashion checker, their demands, who they are, and their methodology. Underneath learn more, you can learn about what is a living wage, like I said, uh, gender, transparency, and resources. So feel free to go check that out, fashionchecker.org. And if you're interested, I also obviously push this for everybody. They do have a take action button if you would like to get more involved. Um, so they have specifically on their website in terms of their resources, they have about 40 cited sources from 2017 on, including articles, journals, videos, shout out to podcasts as well. Um, and they are operated by the Clean Clothes Campaign and funded by the European Union. So that is a little bit about fashionchecker.org, a couple of little stats from them that I pulled, um, but it is still a great resource by itself if you would like to check it out. Um, if you are interested in learning not just about fashion, I highly recommend my next source, which is ethicalconsumer.org. Now, ethicalconsumer.org is specific on finding articles across the board, not just fashion, in food and home and work life and basically literally anything. Like, I was looking up, oh, like, where should I get, like, bananas from and everything that has to do with that. So they have anything that you can think of in terms of lifestyle across the board on how to be an ethical consumer. That being said... I was able to pull some information, but it was a little bit too broad for my tastes. They didn't have specific stats on their website directly. They did have the articles for them, um, and I will list those off for you if you would like to check them out. Um, they have kind of the doom and gloom <laughs> column, and then they have the how to sustainable fashion column. Um, for the specific articles on issues, they have fast fashion and why it's a major problem, workers' rights in the clothing industry and what consumers can do, Climate Gap Report 2021, what needs to be done to reduce emissions from consumer goods, the carbon cost of clothing, animal down in clothing, cotton production, supply chains in clothing, should we boycott made in China, plastic pollution threat from clothing, clothing companies and tax havens, and what makes fashion brands unethical. So like I said, kind of the doom and gloom side. Um, definitely an important column, important questions that need to be asked. Um, but they also have a little bit more, a little brighter side and more of a how-to side um, with articles like how can we create a circular economy in the clothing industry, ethical clothing choices, upcycling, repairing, and secondhand, like I said, follow me on Instagram if you're interested. 
um, choosing the right fabrics, ethical fashion certification schemes you can trust, recycling your shoes, a quick guide to vintage clothes shopping, which if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I locally in Rochester, New York also um, have an in-person vendor spot at the Op Shop Rock where I sell some of my vintage pieces and I I know there's like you can find vintage clothing shops I think more than modern clothing shops which are definitely more online um, but they are everywhere so I would also recommend checking out your local thrift stores because sometimes they're kind of like ma and pa shops that are kind of hidden uh, but you can find some really great gems in there at really great prices so um, Continuing on with the list, they have a Q&A with ethical fashion brand, Ethical Wears, and a Q&A with ethical outdoor clothing brand, Paramo. I have heard of neither of those up until this point, and I was able to check those out, which I highly recommend. Um, they also have a quick guide to fair trade and fashion, how to create a sustainable plastic-free wardrobe, and much like my one of my two main sources, they have an A to Z of ethical clothing brands, which is another good list. Um, but like I said, it was a little bit too general for me um, with a little bit less information as uh, compared to my main source that I'll be talking about in a minute. So I definitely used them for a couple of little tiny like filler pieces of information that I'll bring up in further episodes. Um, but for now, they were just a little bit too broad for me. Still a great resource. Ethicalconsumer.org. E-T-H-I-C-A-L-C-O-N-S-U-M-E-R dot O-R-G. Again, another organizational website, so I definitely trusted them. <laughs> um, and they have all of their resources on there tagged as well. Um, they have a lot more than 40, <laughs> so I'm just not going to go through those. Um, but feel free to check that out for yourself. Um, and like I said, if you're looking for more than just fashion, an even better resource to check out. Um, so now moving on to my top two sources, um, I am citing another website and the Fashion Transparency Index. Um, the Fashion Transparency Index is currently sitting on my computer screen. It is like 141 pages of deep diving fashion transparency like it's it's insane and it is probably one of the best resources I could have come across I think it's like the number one that pops up when you google um, ethical and morale and fashion um, it's great and it has so much information I am <laughs> I'm comfortable admitting that I didn't read the whole thing I tried my best I think I probably read like a fifth of it as I kind of scrolled through and went through the specific sections that I needed. Um, but it's free to download and they have it for each year. Like I said, I think the most recent information that I'll be able to source um, today in April 16th, 2022 is information summarized from 2021. So still very, very recent, um, but everything from like the year, the information from a full year is gonna be from 2021. Um, and the other one that I'm going to start with is Good On You. Good On You is a fantastic website and as well as an app. And I didn't know it was an app until yesterday and I downloaded it. And I was like, I did all this information and I, I somehow overlooked the fact that it was an app. Um, it's at the bottom of their website. Uh, if you would like to download it, I believe it's available for um, like iPhone and Android. So 
definitely check that out. A great little app to have on your phone when you're shopping or looking to shop sustainably. Um, and it's not thrifted though. That's the other thing. It's just, it rates brands super in depth. So it's similar to um, Fashion Checker and the list that Ethical Consumer has, but it takes into account um, a lot of different factors and rates them on the five point scale. So not just wages and it's not as vague as Ethical Consumer. It's like super, super in depth. It's all that they do. Um, so I will get like deeper into their system in a second. Um, but before I kind of move on into my top two sources, um, I would like to outline how the episodes are going to go. So like I said, this is the kind of boring episode. Um, and then in the next part, I'm going to be tackling mostly the brands that I see in from where I'm from and what sells well on my page and probably utilize their um, kind of rank them. I guess I do have a ranking for them, um, but I will probably be taking um, in the meantime more brands because I had a couple more pop up on my shop today that people bought items from that kind of raised the percentage. I have all of my sales like percentaged out um, in terms of what brands sold. So I'll be probably adding a couple of more, but through the good on you rating system, um, I'm going to be including a whole bunch of just like I said, popular brands that people have purchased from me and how they rank. And let me tell you, it is very surprising how I, I even went around and I asked my family and I said, oh, give me, give me some brands to look up on this website that I found. And the big one that a couple of people asked, they were like, oh, well, L.L. Bean is very, very earthy and yada, yada, yada. And it showed up very poorly as in terms of their like sustainability factors. And I was very surprised because I guess in, in my mind, I just kind of assumed, well, oh, they're outdoorsy. Maybe they're, maybe they, they're good to the earth too. And it, that was not the case, or at least they weren't transparent about it. Um, so really, really interesting. That is going to be episode two. Episode three is going to be diving deeper into the, the reason that these sources exist and the responses to well, that's basically because of what they were. They were responses to a lot of crises that have occurred, unfortunately, due to neglect in the fashion industry when it comes to workers um, and how it affects the environment. And it'll be more of a Debbie Downer episode, and I apologize, um, but I do think it is crucial to get this information out. Um, so that'll be more of like a history episode, if anything. Um, and then my last episode is going to be more of like what you can do, um, what has worked in the past, um, and being a more kind of general wrap-up episode of all the information that I have come across. Um, like I said, that one's going to be huge. That is a huge episode that I have kind of, I haven't recorded any of the future episodes. I've just kind of like written them out um, and estimated their time. So that one's going to be really, really long and it might get split up into another one. But that is just kind of the forecast for what this podcast mini series is going to be. Um, and yeah, so now I will be jumping into my top two sources that you will be hearing. Like I will be citing these 
maybe not every other sen every other sentence, but I'll be like, oh, this is from good on you, and this is from good on you, and the good on you is especially going to be used in the next episode, so let me just say that. The index is probably, the transparency index is probably going to be found more in the last two or three um, episodes. Good on you is going to be the star of the show for, uh, for next week, so let me delve right into that one real quick. So good on you is good on you eco. So right off the bat, it's even reliable um, for uh, their URL. Um, but they do have a PDF available on their website that is the guide to the good on you brand rating system. And it is so detailed and so like, it's incredible. So basically, let me just scroll through here. We have their principles. So transparency comes first. That is a keyword that is going to be popping up a lot for the rating systems because when it comes to rating these brands, you have to consider the fact that the they might get a poor rating simply because their transparency sucks. They might not be that bad. They might not be like categorized, they might be categorized incorrectly in terms of how they affect the environment. But if they're not transparent about it, it kind of gives off the, well, then what are you hiding? And that will give them a poor, poor rating. So transparency is the backbone of the whole, the whole process and the whole um, kind of analyzing each brand. So transparency comes first for their principles, then consider impact across the product life cycle, be comprehensive, consider issues in proportion to materiality, ensure an evidence-based approach, be user-driven, and engage and collaborate widely. Um, so they are definitely like, even the fact that they have a principle set up, I was so excited to use this as a source. I trusted it wholeheartedly. Um, so going on to their what they rate. This is, I kind of hinted at this earlier, how there's kind of three main things that uh, companies and specifically Good On You looks into in terms of impacts. So that would be the environment, the people, so the labor and animals. And they have a couple of graphs here in this PDF where they kind of go into super deep depth as to what they're considering for the ratings and there's a lot like paragraphs that go with each one but I'm just going to kind of skim through what they have uh, their titles so for environment they take into account resource management and disposal energy use and greenhouse gas emissions chemical use and disposal water usage and effluent um, and then under labor they have worker rights, living wage, gender equality, worker empowerment, knowing suppliers, supplier relationships, purchasing practices, production risk, and COVID-19. Uh, so obviously this is very recent as it factors in the COVID-19 effects. And then under animals they have policy, product use, fur, leather, wool, down and feathers, angora, exotic animal hairs, exotic animal skins, and traceability, which is kind of just synonym for that transparency. Um, uh, so that's how they kind of categorize, it's what they take into account. And then their rating system is they go into like super deep depth, I'm not going to read the whole thing, we would be here forever. Like I said, I don't want these to be extremely long episodes. 
Um, but they do have their rating labels and they have little smiley and sad faces. So it's visually pleasing as well um, for someone with ADHD like myself. Um, so they have great, uh, these brands demonstrate leadership in all three areas. They are typically very transparent and have both strong policies and strong assurance uh, to address the most material issues across their supply chain. Good, these brands adopt policies and practices to manage multiple material issues across their supply chain and are often demonstrating leadership in one or more areas. It's a start, these brands are transparent about their policies and practices to manage some material issues and are making good progress on one or more of them. Not good enough, these brands disclose some information in one or more area and consider some of the material issues, but are not yet adequately managing their impacts across their supply chains and we avoid these brands disclose little to no relevant or concrete information about their sustainability practices in some cases the brand may make ambiguous claims that are unlikely to have a material impact so basically i hate to break it to people but 90 percent of those small brands don't rank well they i i want to say most of them fall into not good enough um, just because they are in person uh, and they're very popular that they have to to cert to a certain extent maybe have some information disclosed um, then there's places like Shein, Romwe, and Zaffle which if you shop there it's nothing against you but I will be berating those companies <laughs> they fall under we avoid um, but that is basically good on you sort of rating system what they rate how they rate there's like a million other pieces of information on there uh, in this PDF. So feel free to go check that out. Um, otherwise, Good On You also has other resources available. They have the obviously the brand directory and how they rate, um, but they keep their website pretty updated with top picks and stories um, in the know for um, connection, you can get in touch with them, partner with them, they're on Instagram, and like I said, they have the app. Um, I probably won't delve too much deeper into Good On You because of how much I'm going to be talking about it anyways, the information that I'm going to be pulling from them, especially for that next episode. Um, but I do want to quickly wrap up with my second uh, major source, which is that Fashion Transparency Index. The Fashion Transparency Index is, oh, I, my apologies, I was incorrect. I'm looking at page one of 109, not 140. Previous ones have been longer, my apologies. Um, but basically, this is a ginormous, like, juggernaut of information. Um, and I'm looking at the table of contents right now. The They have their key findings and their key results in the beginning, but they have six pages on about the index specifically. They have like 10 pages on methodology, methodology and the scope of research. And then the next like 60 pages are the full results and detailed analysis. They have um, specific viewpoints from people from the Center for Global Workers' Rights, Denim Expert LTD, the OR Foundation, Greenpeace and the Carbon Trust. Um, and then they have final thoughts and recommendations, taking action, thank yous, references, and disclaimers. Um, it's nuts. It, it's overwhelming in the best way possible for someone that's trying to find information on this topic. Um, but 
and they make it very fun to read. It's colorful, it has a lot of graphics, it has a lot of words, it has a lot of words. Um, but they have a lot of standout percentages and they do a really great job of covering people, animals, and the environment. And again, this is something that I am not gonna go super in depth on because I will be talking more about it in the future episodes. I'll give more of an outline. Um, but definitely, definitely go check this out. It's, I believe it's on issue, issue.com, I-S-S-U-U.com. Um, and it's, it's nuts. It's something I would recommend anybody to look over. And it, it blows my mind to think that people don't know enough of this information to kind of think, oh, maybe I should shop maybe clothing, like how is this made? Maybe I should chop better um, because of the sheer amount of information I have now come across and it's to no fault of their own. I wish that this was just a more popular topic to be talking about um, because everybody wears clothes. You kind of have to. Like everybody has clothes, everybody wears clothes, everybody buys new clothes. This isn't something that's like strictly um, for like a certain group of people or anything like that. Um, and it's just something I feel like isn't talked about enough. And like I said, it's no fault of their own for people that don't. It's just the, who are educated. It's just something that we don't talk about. And I'd like to get the word out a little bit more. Um, so that will wrap up this episode. Um, I apologize if it was kind of boring. It was kind of an intro episode. Um, but I highly recommend checking out all four of those resources. If you can't find them or you need help, feel free to DM me on Instagram, like I said, at Evermore by Kelly, and I can send you some links. Um, I will also be putting up on my Instagram if you would like to join my email list. I will be sending out show notes and things like that um, in the coming weeks. I kind of have to figure out how to do my email list um, because I haven't sent out my first email yet, but you can get on my email list and I will be sending show notes and things like that. So for now, I think we just hit our 30 minute mark. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate you all very, very much. If you haven't gotten the chance yet, please go check out those first two episodes. Um, it gives you more of an introduction to me, what the podcast is about. And um, my second episode is about my thrifting tips. So that's a little bit more of a personal one. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm going to sign off and... Uh, get to editing this episode. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next part, which hopefully won't be won't be too long. Um, I apologize for the little break here. But thank you so much. And I will see you next time.